welcome to the third season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club. Regardless of where you're working right now, at home, in the office, or a blend of both, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you at The Coaching Cast. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting that toddler who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. And I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. In this podcast, we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment. Presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some very special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today we're talking about inclusive leadership, what it is, why it's more important than ever, and how you can work on being more inclusive in your own leadership style. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. For anyone who generally watches the coaching cast, whether you do that or not, I don't know how many of you do, but you will notice I am in a different location. Different background behind it. It's very regal, I have to say that background it's yeah. very like Georgian there's beautiful bookcase behind you if anybody's listening um just to describe that background there lots of like very looks like very kind of you know serious books like I know. a bit of I haven't checked whether they're real yet as in whether oh. they are actually books or just show books I'm assuming they're <laughs> show real. books I'm, I love I'm a show sure, book. I'm sure they're real books but yes I am on tour I've taken the coaching cast out of the uh the house and we are on tour at the moment she's on tour mm. yeah unfortunately I'm not with her because no. <laughs> that would be a amazing and b would mean I get to leave my house so yeah even better. that would be a lot better if we were on tour together <laughs> but no so I am in London at the moment so I've taken the coaching cast Lisa's side of the coaching cast out of the Cotswolds and I am in London um having a little cheeky getaway with with my husband um so yeah so no, we're really good. So this is this is the room at the hotel, which is very nice, um, with my bookcase that I have in the boudoir. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've had a great time. We've done lots of different things. I, as I was saying to you, went axe throwing on Saturday for my brother-in-law's birthday. Highly Shout out to your brother-in-law because oh, I know he's yes. a big fan of the coaching cast. He is, yeah, bless him. Him and my dad, top two supporters, probably the <laughs> the biggest fans we have of the coaching <laughs> cast. So yes, it was Scott's birthday last week, so we celebrated his birthday um, on Saturday. He spe- specified that he wanted to go axe throwing, so we went to this incredible um, experience. Highly recommend it. So I'm going to do a shout out to them. It's called Experience. Like it. Yeah, very clever. Like it. mm-hmm. It's based near the um, Docklands Light Railway station, the Tower Hill station. So Minories is actually where it is in London. So just on the edge of the city, but highly recommend it. The team there are amazing. They are such a lovely group of people and really helpful, supportive. It's really well done. I was quite nervous about going axe throwing because I am extremely clumsy and 
when it comes to any of these sorts of, you know, slightly daredevil activities, as I describe them, all I envisage before I go are all the injuries I'm going to sustain or potentially sustain on others during the activity because I don't trust myself. Um, So I was a little bit nervous, especially because we went with a group of their friends. So it was my sister, my brother-in-law, my husband and I, and then some of their friends who I don't know massively well. So obviously there's that whole thing of, oh God, I'm going to really like shame myself in front of a group of strangers, i.e. one of them may walk away without a toe because of their experience with me and that's the sort of thing I was worried about um so yeah such a catastrophizer I literally was envisaging you know it's the start of our little trip in London our week away or whatever and at the start of it one of us loses a limb so we have to go home early you know is that kind of I mean that sounds kind of like a holiday I would have yeah quite exactly yeah based on my <laughs> holiday experiences this year <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was actually really good. It was so Aww. fun, and it actually felt quite safe. And my favourite, although which I didn't think I was going to enjoy at all, they teach you how to do the single arm throw, yeah, or the double handed, which I so, really didn't think I was going to like. I thought I'd be too off balance, but the double handed, put your both hands around the base of the. It's only a little axe as well, by the way. I don't know. I, I had envisages of like these ginormous, like Viking, like yeah. wax, not wax axe I'm, I'm getting mixed up two different things <laughs> massive like ginormous axe thing like that you know Gandalf would throw yeah uh, not the Harry Potter the Viking that I've got in mind anyway but anyway it's this tiny little axe about this big so not very big at all and you hold it at the base and you literally just go and honestly it over. oh it was so satisfying I came fifth out of 10 people I narrowly missed the semi-final like you know I have to say, if anyone's listening to this and not watching, Lisa is demonstrating her um, wax. Wax? I've just said it. (laughs) Wax, axe throwing, yeah. Axe throwing. You know what that is? It's because I'm looking at my wax melter thing, like, you know, like a candle (laughs) thing. It's staring at me, so I'm looking at it. I don't know what I'm thinking of while I keep shouting wax (laughs) instead of axe. Anyway. Anyway, Lisa is demonstrating her axe um skill set her technique here I'm actually uh, pretty good over their head I have to say you you are like pretty good but on the subject of axes last week we were talking about axes because Robin Terry your dad was off to buy an axe oh that's true he was did he buy an axe no oh no my husband consulted with him around the best instrument to chop his bush down Yes, that is exactly what I've said. And so instead of an axe, I think Dom recommended he bought some of those ginormous shear things, whatever they're called. You know, like the ginormous scissors. Yeah, the big scissors. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the technical term is for those things. Anyway, so my dad bought one of them to trim his bush. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) So I feel like it's just a lot of axe or wax. Uh, like conversation uh activities in your family this week yeah it was all about the axes this week what about you what how was your week (laughs) well I certainly haven't had a week that involves any axes um that's for sure um my week's been okay actually yeah my house still looks like Travis Perkins has thrown up in it um (laughs) there's just bits of building material still everywhere um it's a bit like in upheaval um but it's it's slowly coming together so martin did a brilliant job doing some decorating 
um i'm actually going to post a little picture of him on instagram this week of him doing his decorating bless him yeah um, do a yeah, shout then, out to Mar- martin shout out to martin and um, his, his business so yeah he did really well uh great job so it's all kind of coming together um but the, the sat today actually this afternoon uh my new electric car is being delivered <gasps> Ooh, yeah How exciting so i'm literally getting into the future and <laughs> embracing the fact that um you know we all need to be a bit more environmentally aware so i've gone and got myself an electric car which i am excited about so that's coming this afternoon cool so i haven't had actually had a car for about three weeks which meant my husband's haven't been having to do all the nursery pickup and drop-offs because i don't have a car um and I'm not insured on his. So I was like, that's fine. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be coming to an end now. I'll be there in my car picking uh, Arthur up. But uh, yeah, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to um, receiving that this afternoon, plugging it into my new in-house charger. So uh, I've got a new charger as well. So yeah, I hope I can figure Ooh, out how to do it all. Exciting. Yeah, I've never driven an electric car before. They're really good. The only slight difference I found is they're a lot quieter than an yeah, a well, normal, like fuel-based car. Like disconcertingly so. Yeah. Like so, trying to cross the road, you're like, whoa, there's a girl yeah. there. That's the main thing that's really been happening this week. Exciting. Well, I look forward yeah. to the update in the season finale next week about your electric car. Season it finale. Season <gasps> finale next week, CBBs. We are at the end of our third season. I cannot believe it. It's gone nice. so fast this particular season. Um, but on that note, we should probably um get on with this episode. Yes, let's get on with it. <laughs> episode nine. We're not there, we're not the end yet. Let's do it. Today we're discussing the very important topic of inclusive leadership. A subject which is rightly growing in focus and conversation in the world of business and leadership at the moment. But what do we mean by the term inclusive leadership? According to the website Workable Resources, inclusive leadership can be defined as an authentic leadership style that rules out discrimination, bias and favour based on colour, race and other protected characteristics and allows employees to feel valued for their own individual input. Research from Harvard Business Review also shows that this leadership approach directly enhances performance. Teams with inclusive leaders are 70% more likely to report that they are high performing, 20% more likely to say they make high quality decisions, and 29% more likely to behave collaboratively. So Lisa, building on this research, why do you think having an inclusive leadership approach is important when managing and leading others? So I couldn't agree more with that quote that you've taken and shared around performance and how inclusive leadership really supports people to perform at their best. And that's because it directly relates to my own experience and really understanding when I perform at my best yeah so I think I've touched upon in episodes before around my experience of knowing the difference between when I feel great and when I can perform at the top of my game and the opposite and what influences the change and the difference between the two and definitely in my experience you know and I think being able to reflect now and look back 
I know that the times when I've performed my best have been when I felt really able to be myself and actually been celebrated for it. So my, my, you know, my actual distinct qualities and my personality and my skill set, I guess, is all being recognized and supportive and encouraged, if anything, like, you know, we want more of that. I know definitely when I've struggled in organizations, it's where actually I felt the extreme opposite to that. So the one example I cite quite often because actually it was so significant at the time but it's so significant now and like I think the whole story of my career you know that time when I was promoted into a team and actually transferred into a completely different part of the business and was suddenly being managed by a different line manager and joined a um, management peer group with and which was quite large actually for a peer group of managers there were loads of us it was a bit it was a bit too top heavy um but I felt so different and because I tell you what it's mainly because I was female I was in a very male dominated team but I was in a very um I was one of the only females the other females were very different in their styles to my own <coughs> which is not a bad thing by any stretch um but I'm quite an extrovert they were quite introverted and it was definitely a time when I was trying to understand how best to adapt my style and engage with those who had a different style to my own I was quite immature in that at the time and I didn't really have very good understanding of it but that was definitely where I felt unable to be myself that I had to tone myself down that I had to like fit and twist and change to better suit all of them and my line manager just really clashed all the time because we just didn't understand each other and I got frustrated because I felt like he wasn't even trying which really like really got my goat most of the time because I was just like you're not even trying to get to know me you're not even trying to like appreciate my point of view you're not trying to help me to navigate this situation you're not even trying to adjust it to better suit me I got really frustrated with him and and I think that's because he didn't recognize in all fairness the importance of inclusivity at all um for me and I think that's probably the point to stress like that inclusiveness I think is really important to me mm-hmm. not just to get the best out of me but because I think it's so important to help others to be their best by encouraging them and drawing out their strengths and getting more of those strengths out. Cause like when we're all, when we're all operating, being able to access our strengths, well, our strengths are the things that we're good at. We enjoy doing like, I think it's obvious that that's clearly going to create a better performance overall for Mm. not just individuals, but for a company and an atmosphere and of enjoyment and I think even more like to say like even more efficient like if everyone's Mm. playing into their strengths that's that's obvious you're going to be getting the best out of everyone people will be operating at the top of their game if you keep trying to fit all of us you know square pegs into round holes constantly because you're not aligning people to, to to roles and responsibilities that fit their strengths well it's exhausting and it's time wasting and Mm. 
you're going to just get this air of frustration all the time. Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that, actually. I had an experience in my corporate career where I was good at things that some of the management, senior management uh, team weren't so good at. Uh, and I, they were good at things that perhaps I wasn't as strong at. And because I brought a different skill set and a different perspective and perhaps some different experiences, different approaches, I found myself in certain situ- situations feeling alienated because I was different Yeah. Uh, in the way that, like I said, the way I'd approach things, the way I'd problem solve, the things that I would think about. And actually, I found that a lot of the time, that wasn't kind of encouraged and celebrated. It was more like used as something I needed to actually kind of push back down and actually needed to focus on the way they, the things they were really good at, the strengths they brought and try and build my skill in those areas. And so that was then not helping me bring my true authentic self Mm. to, um, work because I couldn't because it wasn't an, an environment where it was encouraged to do so and, yeah. and to be inclusive yeah so I can definitely relate to that and I think there's something there about us all being aware of our own biases and our own um kind of understanding around actually people are different both in terms of the way that they approach things the way they think the way they may might view you know situations um and also the way they may kind of actually appear as well you know Mm. because in that situation you just talked about there you were a woman in a very male dominated environment so you are different you're physically different in Mm. that situation um and I think you know we all have unconscious bias we absolutely all do like and that's actually quite normal but it's about being aware of what those unconscious biases are and how they can influence then our reactions our behavior our decision making because they do they Mm. absolutely do and I think you know when you're a leader of people I think even more so now being aware of those biases and thinking about how you then take that awareness and knowledge to modify your approach to lead more inclusively and ensure you create an environment which brings everybody in and allows them to be their true authentic self and bring their their whole selves to work and is so so important now because actually you get like you said amazing benefits from Mm -hmm. that in the story you told there you felt you really could bring your true self um to everything that you did it's so important Mm, absolutely and then I think this plays into the notion of psychological safety so we've been talking about inclusivity in respect of appreciating and encouraging people's strengths and their I think as well like the things that they enjoy doing I mean every job will require elements of things potentially that you have to do that maybe you don't really enjoy doing but it's it's important it's part of it and you have to accept that but I think when that's balanced with you doing things that you do enjoy that's a lot more palatable but we've been talking about the strength side of inclusivity and really enabling people to administer those and bring them out and use them regularly but there's also that element of inclusivity in terms of creating a space that is safe for everyone to operate Mm. in and where they can 
feel safe to be themselves but in terms of like sharing their thoughts their ideas their feelings I think that is so important as well so so many organizations I think get that wrong and it's that ongoing challenge of how do we get a better understanding of what people think and their ideas and their feedback you know because I think organizations are always striving to have uh, an honest environment an open environment especially big organizations where there's so many people and you know trying to connect with everyone right down to you know your more entry-level roles those that are really on the ground in the operation that is an ongoing daily um, challenge because it's just the physicality of there just being so many people and how do you engage with that many people and, and be able to speak to them but being able to actually I think first create that foundation of safety where people feel it's okay to say what they think to share their opinions that's the first step but you'll only be able to do that if you're already cultivating a culture that is is one of trust and where there's not any like negative consequence from saying what you think yeah and actually where it's encouraged that you share your opinion and you make it very clear there's not going to be a repercussion because I think I've definitely worked in organizations where they state that they want to know what people think, but they judge you. So even though they say they're not going to and that you can be honest and it's okay, I know people that have then voiced what they thought and then had that held against them to the point where even again, it's been brought up in, um, you know, performance reviews you know, where people have said, oh, well, yeah, but do you remember that time they said this? I don't think that was the right behaviour. You know, it's kind of, and I'm like, no, that's not the same thing. Their behaviour was the right behaviour because you encouraged them to share their thoughts, Mm. feelings, views, opinions. So actually their behaviour is absolutely spot on. Mm. What they said, you may not have agreed with, but that's not the same thing. And actually, if we're supposed to be cultivating this culture of honesty, inclusivity, you know, one of non-judgment well you're contradicting that and now you're holding it against them in a performance review which actually has got nothing to do with their annual <laughs> performance do you know what I mean like it's they're not the same thing they've actually delivered against the metrics that you set out they've achieved their objectives mm. like I've definitely been in those situations and that that's I think the that's what's got to change if you really want to create an inclusive culture it's got to be one where you actually you do what you say you're going to do for a start. So you, you invite people to offer opinion because you truly do want it and you're prepared for that to be whatever it is and that you take it without judgment because people will only offer the truth if they feel that they are safe to do so. And yeah. it's so crucial for, for organisations when, they, when they're saying they want to move forwards, they want to continue to um you know evolve and be innovative you've got to face into all of those opinions and whether they're good bad ugly it was not about whether you like them or not Mm. and I think the same can be said if you run a small business or work in a small and medium-sized business as well if you work with people you can still create an inclusive um, working environment a really good top tip which I know um some quite big organizations use I think um 
Amazon might use this in their internal meetings. Um, I know it's a brand that not everybody loves. <laughs> so take it if you if you want to in terms of a tip. But um, one thing I think they do to create a more inclusive environment is in meetings when there's perhaps, you know, multiple people. Um, so say, for example, it's a team meeting, there's a leader and then their team is there. If they're asking for opinions or views on something, um, they ask the team to give their input and views first. The leader doesn't give their views till the right at the end once everybody has spoken. And that's to create an environment to allow everybody to feel comfortable to give their view and to do so without judgment and without retaliation or not then like diluting down what actually they were going to say because they don't know whether it agrees or not with that kind of leader who's in the room and that's a really good way of starting to cultivate some of this more inclusive leadership approach and around allowing everybody that opportunity to you know say what they think say what they feel and start to build some of that psychological safety which Lisa mentioned before you know that safety really does underpin a lot of making this approach be live and be successful uh, so that's a great top tip um i just thought i'd share with you there if you're thinking like how do i actually do this mm. it's really interesting actually i've not heard that before and i think it's a great one i think if you actually open up the discussion without any premeditated view then you'll get well i'd like to hope you'd be encouraged to to have a more varied mm. uh, perspective that's not led initially by the you know the senior more like traditionally authoritative figure giving what they think first Mm. and then everyone feel like well I better just agree with that because it's not worth it kind of thing um yeah that's really interesting I've not heard that before um so thinking then about that kind of leader and thinking about you know how we um move towards becoming more inclusive if we lead and manage people what do you think are some of the top qualities of an inclusive leader so qualities I think it's I mean I I start with this in quite a few things but I think it's because it's so relevant and I think it's so important I think you genuinely have to want to create an inclusive culture and if if you're not sure about it and you yourself have your own concerns or even you yourself as a leader may feel find that quite uncomfortable because of how you yourself are being managed like let's not shy away from that like those of us who've experienced being in the middle management um group in an organization you know i definitely have always encouraged those of us there to lead by example and you know lead in the way in which even we would like to be managed which is definitely harder to, you know harder to do than it sounds I get that because you yourself have to feel safe you know at the end of the day you have a manager you have a job you're none of it's certain for you either but I think you know one of my values is authenticity and it's honesty as well so to be true to myself, which is what we're talking about, I think, and what we're encouraging people to do, I think you do have to be bold and brave and say mm. that you're going to represent what you want to see more of, whether that's for yourself and, and for those you lead. But I think you have to genuinely want to do this because that way everything you do will come a plate from a place of truth. If this is not a tick box exercise by any stretch, and I think if you try and make it that way, you'll obliterate it. 
Mm. (laughs) Um, because it will come across disingenuous and already then you're going to be conflicting and be contradictory to what you're trying to achieve, which is like an honest, safe environment. So I think you genuinely have to want to do this. And then I think it's thinking about what is the right way to do that, depending on where you are at with your team. Because I think, you know, if you're in the early stages, it's about putting the time and effort in and being patient. So it's about consistent action and knowing that what you're doing is growing um, this environment. But I think it's, Straight away, I think one of the most simplest things, you know, you can do is start being curious. Again, one of our favorite buzzwords, but it's so true. And genuinely wanting to seek to understand what people think. Mm. So I think that way you're going to be encouraging yourself to ask questions and to open up discussion. And that also means as a quality, you've got to be a good listener. Mm. And if you're not a good listener now, that's fine because we can always, all of us can practice and grow our listening skills. 100% I have over the last six, seven years Um, because I love to chat, as everyone knows. Um, I've had to work really hard to listen as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, so I think that's probably my starting point, I think, from a qualities perspective. I think it's being honest. I think it's genuinely wanting to create an an environment of inclusivity and to practice at this you know like we talked about with growth mindset in the last season it's just a not yet if you're not there already but start practicing now and it will be so Mm. I think yeah having that real desire to want to do it I'm really thinking about so what does that require me to do and what do I potentially need to change start asking more questions to be curious and start really listening because people really value being listened to. And that is such a gift to people. You know, you've asked them a question, you've asked them what they think you're bringing them in that starts that inclusivity bit. And now you're listening to it. Yeah. And that really takes things to the next level around like effective collaboration. Like that's really important by, and you can do that by listening. That's Mm. how you create collaboration by really being present, really understanding, being curious and listening to what they say. Um, And, you know, thinking about, okay, what do I now do with that information that I've listened to? And actually, do I fully understand it? So a, a great way of checking your understanding is to then summarize back to that person what you've heard mm-hmm. so that you can check your own understanding of what it is you've digested and you and you've listened to and it gives them another opportunity if you've missed anything for them to um you know make a point again or to add anything additional um so that's a really really kind of critical step I like what you said there about that kind of having that visible commitment I think you know to want to do it and to see the value in 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 doing that and in treating every individual group fairly I think in the story that I told just a minute ago I think definitely at times I was perhaps treated unfairly I'll put that in kind of brackets um I think I was treated unfairly at times because as an individual I brought some differences to the group um and they were kind of pushed aside. They weren't necessarily recognized and um, held up as as things that would bring value and because they were different, because they were maybe a bit more unique. Uh, And that, you know, at times can can have 
felt quite frustrating. And what I mean by that is things like, you know, I had very much a people focused approach to selling. So yes, absolutely. Numbers are really important. Commercial awareness is really important. Being able to look at a PL, look at your profit and loss, absolutely critical skills. But there's also more than that as well. They are just some of the foundations. And mm. because I brought you know, maybe more than that or a different approach in how you would do that. Sometimes I felt that that was kind of pushed aside or under, undermined or undervalued because it wasn't the same as what perhaps some of the more senior leaders were operating with mm-hmm. as a style and as an approach. So I think that visible commitment to want to do it is, is so, so important. And that kind of humility, that just kind of desire to, want to understand to adapt to various situations what you're hearing and being aware and accepting and showing your own vulnerability showing your own vulnerability and having awareness of that so you know having awareness of what some of those biases are that you're perhaps holding Mm -hmm. and demonstrating that through vulnerability will really get people on board and that will really demonstrate to them that you do care and that you are really passionate and actually feel see the importance around that commitment to being and leading inclusively and because it's all very well we can all say these things but actually in the on this particular area I think actions absolutely speak louder than words yeah 100% and I think it's it's acknowledging what has been said to you what's been shared so that I think the, with the summarising piece that you recommended, which I think is really great, that does give the opportunity to demonstrate I've listened, I've heard you, and then to qualify whether you've heard correctly and then give the other person the ability to correct it if not. I think then just acknowledging and appreciating what's been said is so important. Yeah. And that way you, that person really feels like it was worthwhile sharing even if nothing massively comes off of the back of that, maybe nothing really will change, but at least honouring that person by saying, I've heard you, I appreciate what you've contributed, thank you very much. You know, because I think in your example there is showing, you know, the time when you very much had a different perspective, a different approach, just to have that continue dismissed, it's just so insulting. And it really doesn't feel, it doesn't really enable you to feel as though you've got any value to bring, which is so, it's not true. That's not true at all. You know, fair enough. Not everything each of us contributes at times will be relevant to what's happening. We all get that, but there will often be times when that is not the case. Um, So I think feeling as though even in those times when what you're offering isn't what's going to be taken forward, It's still being acknowledged and appreciated is so important Mm. because otherwise I think what you find, and I know this is my personal experience, I stopped offering. I just Mm. closed down because I felt so dismissed on a regular, consistent basis that actually I became really frustrated and thought, what's the point? But actually I also did it to protect myself because I started to feel I did feel that judgment. I didn't feel safe to share. I felt as though I was being belittled with my comments. I felt like my comments weren't worthwhile and it really impacted my confidence. And I think that's what you've got to be really aware of as a leader. When you're leading a group of people, that is the power you have. You have the power to both uplift and really damage 
people in that situation. Um, so you have a really big responsibility. And actually, that is the beauty of organisations, small or large, is that you employ a variety of people to then create a very varied um, approach that's that is so supportive to a business it's not just one way you have multiple ways but that means yeah. you've got to be open to listening to everybody yeah I mean I know we're only scratching the surface today on this topic it, it is a big topic there's lots of different areas that sit within it and I think as we go into our next season we're gonna um, look at some more specifics in this area uh, to discuss and, and have a conversation around um, but thinking about what we've talked about kind of Um, today what would be some of your top tips to um, help our listeners if they're thinking about okay I need to boost my inclusive um, leadership approach at work you know I get it I understand the importance of it I now need to think about how I do that what would be some of your top tips so I think my top tips would be invite everyone to speak and share so if you lead a team of two three five ten however many people you invite every single one to share. And that means that you are the facilitator in those group situations. If there are people there who are not offering, who are not speaking, you are the person that enables them to speak. So you direct the conversation to them and you create that platform for them to speak. Because, you know, those of us who are more introverted still have just as much to say it's just they at times it's about timing and support and creating that safe space for them to be able to do so doesn't mean they don't have anything there so I think that's the first thing I would say is really inviting all to speak and share I think it's then that follow-up around demonstrate you've listened by acknowledging what's been said and showing your appreciation that that person has said it you know because that's what really enables people to feel valued and will encourage them to continue to contribute because it feels safe to do so it feels worthwhile to do so and regardless of what action is then taken or whether your point is even agreed with it's not necessarily about agreement it's still been um worthwhile in you doing it because people are glad you've said it Mm. you know so I think they're definitely my first two top tips and I think what that really builds nicely into and I have mentioned it already is that growth mindset piece which is actually a big part of psychological safety is enabling people to feel that they're able to share openly and honestly as an adult without consequence so it's you can't fail by sharing and actually I think if you are cultivating an environment where people are encouraged to try things out and learn from both whether it goes well or not, and you have that growth mindset attitude already being worked on, that really helps with this inclusivity piece. Mm. Yeah. I would have like a a couple of additions to that in terms of um, my top tips. I've talked about it already today, which is around having that awareness. So are you aware of your conscious and unconscious biases? Because I've said it before and I'll say it again, we all have them. Mm -hmm. It's our map of the world. Yeah. And um, 
that's fine, but it's about becoming more aware of what they those are mm. so that we can bring that into our decision-making, into our leadership approach, into our behaviours and our style and linked to them being more authentic and more true and more honest um, mm. and, show, and being comfortable with showing some of that vulnerability as well. So I would um, really encourage you to think about, you know, are you aware of what those biases are that you have and, and do a kind of a little... Um, self-reflection exercise to help you do that um, and then the other one I would say is if you know hold yourself and others accountable for inclusion so if you see a situation where um, that isn't being done or being um, encouraged then absolutely you need to become more confident and comfortable pointing it out if you aren't seeing it happen, because that is how those qualities and that importance of having and creating an inclusive environment will become um, more central to the organisation and the way that you operate and the way that you do things. other week we will share a workplace shame either one of our own or one given to us by you our cbbs we want to know your funniest silliest most embarrassing work stories or admissions perhaps that time you farted loudly in the office in front of your managing director or the time everyone witnessed you snogging the apprentice etc etc <laughs> just send us an email to hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can message us on instagram at thecoachingcast and don't worry all your stories will remain anonymous. So this week we actually have a listener story. Excellent. Which um I have read it already, but I have to say it's a really good one. Lisa oh, brilliant. I before. haven't, I'm excited. I'm excited. No. So here we go. So my colleague at a company I worked for in Nottingham was the sales manager, and he was tasked with carrying out interviews for a new salesperson to join our team. The office was quite old and in dire need of an update. He'd just introduced himself and was partway through the interview when he suddenly felt the cushioned part of his chair give way. He fell through the frame of the chair with his legs up in the air, looking like a turtle stuck on his back. And the poor interviewee had to help him out of the chair. <laughs> So thank you very much to this CBB who uh, saw this live in action and had to send us this story as a workplace shame. Um, absolutely. That's like, hilarious. I know. Can you imagine being that person being interviewed? Oh, my goodness me. I'd be like, is this a setup? Is this part of the interview? Like how I now respond? Yeah. How do you react and manage the situation? How yeah. did you get out of the chair? This is like, <laughs> well, I think the interviewee had to go and help them come out and go, get well, out like, of the chair. Well, like, lift him. Yeah. Lift him <laughs> yeah. Because he's like back like a turtle. Because you'd be wedged. So, yeah. like, you know, lift you out. That is absolutely brilliant. Anyway, that is so yeah. funny. So thank you very much for that. That's an anonymous CBB. We thank love you, CBB. hearing your workplace shames. Please, please send us more. We love hearing them. Thank you. It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Today's Bullshit Bingo came from a LinkedIn follower, and it is setting out our stool. <laughs> A phrase which we think means getting your intentions and plan 
out there to achieve something early on. So it's all there, ready to then just go and do. Now, I used this in the episode last week. I said, you know, we need to set our stall out. I actually said this last week. So I can definitely say this is one that I've used. (laughs) I worked in a company where this was used all the time. So I must have said it as well. I must have said it set our stall I think we often said it in our leadership meetings when we were talking about big engagement initiatives and um needing to get people together and being really clear about our intentions and the objective we had to set the stall out um so yeah it's funny I actually think this one okay this one on LinkedIn I think actually came from one of my old managers um in that company and I love the fact that she suggested it and she's the one she's saying she's she hated it I swear she said it all the time. but I do think that's true of a lot of our bullshit bingos and like all of us who use them they become the language don't they in the organization you work for and then you all start saying it because yeah. everyone else is saying Absolutely. it because it just becomes a habit and you hear it all the time yeah. and yeah definitely 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 there was this was used in that organization and everyone used to say it setting yeah. your stall out setting your stall out <laughs> it's a good one it's a good one it's a good one so yeah brilliant well people similar to workplace shames workplace shame bullshit bingo bingo they'll both continue into season four we want to hear all of them we want to hear as many as we can get we've had some great bullshit bingos in season three so we've still got a few brilliant ones to share with you in season four but we want you to share with us what yours are so keep them coming we haven't got them all out there there's plenty more so please keep sharing your bullshit bingos with us So we're coming to the end of today's episode where we've been discussing the topic of inclusive leadership. Our tips from today for you to try are, number one, invite everyone to speak and share. You are a facilitator, so really make sure that you are identifying anyone who hasn't spoken and give them the floor so that they can speak and share their opinion. It's often the quietest people that have the best thoughts and ideas. Number two, demonstrate you have listened by showing your appreciation and acknowledging what has been said. Susie shared the great tip of summarizing what they've said. That gives the individual the chance to understand that they've been listened to and they can also correct if necessary. Number three is cultivate an environment where you can't fail by sharing. So we talked about growth mindset in season two. It's a great episode. Re-listen to it if you wish. So you can just remind yourself of what a growth mindset is. But it really is about ensuring that people feel that if they share anything, it cannot be classified as wrong. They're not going to fail by doing so. That way they'll share more and more often. And the last point is, are you aware of your country? conscious and unconscious biases so be really aware of your thought processes when things are happening pick up on any judgments you're having in your head any bias you may be feeling or even starting to show and stop yourself just check what you're doing and always be aware of those that one is an ongoing build I think for many of us it's a work in progress so Susie said early in this episode this is just us touching the tip of the iceberg of inclusivity and we will be talking a lot more about inclusivity and very specific areas of that in season four so don't worry if you can't remember all those top tips I just shared we will share these on our Instagram account later this week 
that's where all of our tips are shown. So there are all of our historical top tips on our grid on Instagram. You just need to look for at the coaching cast to find them. So as well as those top tips, we also have our questions. So ask yourself the very direct question of, are you treating every individual and group fairly at work? If the answer is no, really be honest with yourself about what is going on there and why that is the case and start thinking about how you can actually do differently. So number two is how can you understand and value the uniqueness of individuals to include them as much as possible at work? And then your third and final question is what is your plan to show up as a more inclusive leader? So what actions can you take away and start putting in place straight away now. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and have some new ideas to take away and try it for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we honestly love hearing from you. Yes. So yes. please contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast. We honestly love hearing your thoughts, views, feedback, and it also helps us be better. So we are currently developing season four. So please let us know if there's any topics you would like us to cover in season four. Your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard, then give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Leave us a review on Apple and Google Podcasts. And most importantly, subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. And don't forget, you can also watch our episodes. You can see these lovely faces of ours and all the strange gesticulations and demonstrations that we do. And Lisa's axe throwing. My axe throwing techniques. Yeah. On you- on youtube just by searching the coaching cast so our next episode is going to be the season three finale which is crazy so our season three finale will be a week today um i can't believe that it's there i can't believe the time has already flown so it's scary um so we will be looking back on all of our favorite bits from this third season with some special help from you our cbb's We both love music and use it to motivate and energise us. So we like to finish each episode of The Coaching Cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next team, Zoom or face-to-face meeting. It's my choice this week and I've chosen This Is Me by Kiala Settle and The Greatest Showman Ensemble. I hope I said that right I think you did I think you know I didn't (laughs) (laughs) thank you all CBBs so much for listening have a great week and remember you've definitely got this